Well, thank you, Angela, for joining us. It's um, you're my very first guest on my second episode. Uh, on the first episode, we discussed just a brief introduction to AI. So please introduce yourself. My name is Dr. Angela Makumi. I'm a keen uh, scientist who really believes in farm to fork. And here with farm to fork, we're talking from the farmer to the consumer where each benefit. And I would like to say these are my opinions and do not reflect the opinions or the science of my employer. All right, thank you. So uh, to begin, what's the current state of uh, of uh, AI in relation to African farmers. Give me just a brief overview. I think I can only talk about Kenya because yeah. I, uh, I'm not so sure what other countries are. Some okay. countries in Africa are way ahead, some are way behind in terms of technology. But I think every time uh, there's a new infrastructure, especially with technology. And if you look five years ago, we didn't have enough internet support systems to rural areas, but nowadays it's coming up. And because of this fast-paced uh, internet connections or technologies, you see more people embracing it. Yeah. Do you think AI is relevant to smallholder farmers? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, basically, uh, basically, I could say in two two ways in crop production and in livestock production because you see that sometimes the from the start to the end there's so many loopholes and sometimes the farmers are really living in uh, remote areas and accessibility to produce or accessibility to a vet or accessibility to even uh, tools like tractors or uh, specialists are not available so some, I think AI could come in in terms of helping that farmer who's really uh, far away somewhere that a, a specialist cannot access. What's the most interesting uh, benefit of note that you'd say, okay, this is uh, a benefit directly to a farmer through AI? So if you look at it in crops, you could monitor crop yields as well as improve a crop yield. And before a farmer even gets to planting his crop, you could use it to, you probably could use a drone that could tell you the fertility of the soil by just using the soil color. And then some parts of Kenya have degenerative lands, meaning that a lot of farming has gone through that by planting the same crop same every time of the year, but maybe they need to shift so that the it's like a crop rotation, but each crop comes with its own supplements and everything. Maybe a crop could do better in the same area than where it was really planted. Okay. But well, here I mean that a crop could be you, it's rotation. Maybe instead of maize, you plant beans, or instead of yes. beans, you plant something else, just to make sure that you don't deplete the land. And for livestock, you could use it for advancing animal farming. Yeah. And you could. Actually, there's a big uh, uh, now movement on animal welfare and how you keep your animals and how you can improve it by, for example, if you monitor your move, cow movements, feed mm -hmm. intake, mm -hmm. you could actually have an impact on now the climate, uh, how, the, uh, how climate change works. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, if I have a 
when it comes to crops, before we go back to the animal bit, uh, I've, I, for example, I have one acre of, of land. Uh, this solution doesn't seem to be applicable to me as a farmer, but is there like any other example you'd give that uh, uh, a farmer who has one acre maybe uh, is using AI? I think you could also use it in terms of pesticides. Okay. Like if your crop has started to show any hint of disease and maybe a farmer close by you or maybe there's a pesticide that has been advocated that is not working. So instead of you losing a whole acre of, of your crops because of a certain kind of a pest or disease, mm -hmm. then you could easily, they could easily challenge that and say maybe I need a, a better product compared to what was is being used. Okay. You mentioned animal, uh, monitoring animal movement. I'm assuming this is two cameras uh, which are collecting this data of, of animal movement. That seems like a really good solution. Um, I wonder what's, what do you think would be the biggest challenge on that? It, do you think it's a very expensive uh, technology for current smallholder farmers in Africa? Uh, it would be, but here we're talking about pastoralists who yes. lose their animals and mostly it's not only just through cameras okay. you could also use a very good tagging system okay whereby you chip the cows and then you can be able to tell where your cow got lost is it because of cattle rustlers or raiders yes. or is it because of the interface that we have between wildlife and livestock right. because sometimes the animals could get lost because of just they were eaten by lions or yes something. Yeah. is there a success story that you can tell me about uh, for this particular application? Uh, there, there's so many, like in crops, you could actually improve uh, tracking and traceability of yeah. agricultural supply chains. Yeah. Because uh, that could show you in a region yes. where you could get better supplies. Yes. Or in a nearby, or it could tell you that your supplies are going down in mm -hmm. terms of how Kenya is divided into counties. Mm -hmm. And that can tell you that these people lack these supplies, these people maybe have more supplies of this than, mm -hmm. and then less supplies. Mm -hmm. But then also when you look at now, when you talk about livestock, we have so many species of animals. So like, for example, in poultry, mm -hmm. poultry is a very fast growing industry. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are embracing AI in terms of hatcheries. Mm -hmm. But uh, in terms of, uh, you can easily look if your embryo is fertile, instead of doing the candling technique where you have to take out your egg, look at the embryo, you could actually use AI to tell you which eggs are fertile, and then it could also regulate the temperature. But also for people with larger animals, such as the cows or bovines, they could actually use it for, um, in terms of for profit, it, that can tell you the sex of the animal, and also it can tell you the breeding times. Mm -hmm. So in that way, you don't lose the opportunity when it comes to breeding and selling off the produce. Interesting. Um, are there any initiatives that you're aware of, uh, either by government or NGOs that are really uh, looking to improve on these uh, processes? I haven't really kept tabs on low and middle income countries, but I think I will. Mm -hmm. But for now, I'm aware that you have uh, initiatives from the UN who work with private companies and like for in Asia they were monitoring the palm orchards in terms of how when they're when they use pesticides or when the crops are getting sick okay. but I, um, 
but I think in LMIC you could use it in terms of vaccine delivery. So to know if your vaccines are working mm -hmm. so that you don't administer the same vaccine year on and year end mm -hmm. and the vaccines are not working. So okay. it will help address a lot of issues on vaccines. Okay. Is the cold chain broken? Is the vaccine, uh, what is the efficacy of the vaccine? And also for farmers who use a lot of antibiotics because we're now keen on livestock transmitting antimicrobial resistance so it could actually help us understand or help us actually give in more data in terms of antimicrobial resistance mm -hmm. and antibiotic use in farming seems to me data is a really key component that builds up to so many benefits for smallholder farmer now if i can spin this a uh, little uh, bit further ahead what are the, uh, how can AI uh, be a solution for food security? How can it be directly associated to food security? Well, you have to look at the economies of scale. Yeah. So you have the developed, developing, and the less developed. So when you're looking at developing, like uh, Europe or the Americas, uh, the United States of America, they could use this especially because they have acres or hectares of land, they could yes. use smart agriculture mm -hmm. or smart robotics mm -hmm. to help them yeah. uh, plow the land or something. And then they could use drones to monitor the health of animals or crops. Mm -hmm. But then when you're looking at developing countries, then you could use AI for monitoring disease or disease output. And then for those who are like bled, Less, de less developed yeah or still the marginalized yes you could try because the data that they get from other countries that are doing it could actually help you uh predict when a disease is going to happen okay and can also help you with the weather patterns to understand that if there's a change in weather pattern you'll probably be able to see uh, disease coming up and maybe it was a, a, a disease that was eradicated a couple of years ago or a couple of uh, decades ago okay so do you think uh, using ai will have a step change in terms of uh, african economies uh, take an example of kenya if um, we implement these different ideas around ai what is going to be a direct impact on our economy in my own opinion, I think that AI involves a lot of stakeholders. And one of the things we have to be keen on is your own data protection. You might be really, it can offer you solutions, but at the same time, you're giving out data. And this data can either be used for you or against you. Okay. But in terms of a smallholder small farmer using it, then they should, be mandate, they should be a mandate from the government of how much information should be able to be collected to protect its own citizens. Good. I think that's going to be another episode uh, on our series of this uh, podcast. Uh, but for now, let's, what, what can we say is the future of AI? And specifically to smallholder farms. What's, what's, is there a future? where AI yeah, makes a very big impact to farmers? Basically, I think it would involve the kind of tools that the farmer can access and how um, 
deep these tools are, what, how, how is the understanding between the farmer and these tools? Because sometimes if you have a farmer who doesn't have internet, then maybe you can just, you would think of creating a way that you could message the farmers and use different languages. Because if, if a farmer understands it in English or their native language, mm. it, would be very, it could mean different things Correct. in terms of translation. But also if a farmer could tap into that and be able to access uh, the uh, specific expertise that will help them. And you see uh, in rural areas or smallholder farmers really rely on agriculture for a source of income, for their social security. So by protecting them and by using safely uh, the AI tools, we could be able to see a difference within a household. And that household will create a ripple effect to the community, to the village, and then keeps on expanding. Wow. Well, for now, I think we'll close on, on the second episode. Thank you so much, Angela, for joining us. Uh, thank, thank you, you for you. having me. Welcome. And I'm hoping we'll see a difference when AI is uh, implemented. Yeah, thank you. So listeners, there you have it. Join me on the next episode where we're going to discuss about data-driven farming. What is it all about? Thank you. <laughs>